so incredibly remote. But the, the valley itself is divided by this river. Uh, and it's more than just a geographical division because on one side of the river, you have the richer, high-caste Hindu people. And on the opposite side of the river, you have the poorer, low-caste Hindu people. And Samuel's family, well, they live on the poor side of the river because they come from a low-caste background. And they live right up at the top near the ridge of the valley where the ground is the steepest, where it's hardest to, to eke out a living and an existence. A few years ago, uh, there was the earthquake in Nepal. And unfortunately, like for many families, uh, their homes were destroyed, just raised to the ground in a day. And so what we did was we sent our staff up into the Kairang Valley. We sent them with money and resources and supplies. And we said, go and help people to rebuild. Go and show in the real practical way the love of God. And so they rebuilt 180 homes. And one of them belongs to Samuel. And Samuel used to get his water from that little tap that you just saw from a natural spring. But it was displaced in the, the earthquake. And so now every day, Samuel goes from the ridge with his jerry can all the way down to the river and from the river all the way back up to the ridge again just for a simple drink of water it is a hard hard life and yet we wanted to show him God's love and God's mercy for Samuel uh, he's never had a chance to go to school no one in his family has ever been at school the closest school is a two and a half hour walk away and he's not welcome there and so we came up with this idea could we build a school in the middle of the Kairang Valley. And so in February last year, we had the real privilege, this year, sorry, of going out and opening the brand new school, the Bethany School, sitting up on top of a little hill in the valley, where now today, Samuel and 74 of his friends, they get to come along to school every single day. They get to know that they're loved and cared for. Every single day, they get to sing praise to God. They get to learn the stories of Jesus. They get to hear about a God who has come to give them life and life to the full. It is this little school that is filled with so much incredible, overwhelming amounts of joy as these Hindu kids whose society is put to one side are starting to hear about Jesus. And one of the things that struck me the most, one night we were sitting in this valley, we were sleeping on a, a concrete floor of a little church that we built on top of this hill. And Abhishek told me about the first day that he came to the valley. He felt that God had called him to this place and he'd walked up in for a few hours when he was met by a guy holding a gun. <laughs> the guy holding the gun told him this. He said, there's no way on this earth you'll ever be bringing your faith in here. And I'm sitting there and we're sitting outside this little church where there's 40 people that meet every Sunday and faithfully come to learn about Jesus. And I was like, Abhishek, what, what happened? Like, what happened? And he, he points across the fire that we're sitting at he goes, him? He said, he's now the pastor of the church. And how amazing is that? God is calling people to life. He's calling them to come and find life and meaning and purpose in him. He's changing the story. He is rewriting the story for countless people in countries like Nepal. Earlier this year, in the summer, I took a, a team out uh, from Antrim Grammar School. We headed out to Ethiopia, and we headed to the town of Bokaji in Ethiopia. It's a town I've been in half a dozen times, and it never fails to surprise me. It's a town of about 40,000 people, uh, where every single person lives in some form of mud hut. Couldn't be more different to Northern Ireland. You've got these mud walls, you've got these tin roofs, you've got all these little homes, sort of half-built, sort of quite close together with each other. Um, in Ethiopia, we have two schools. We're looking after a 1,000 children. 
Um, but one of the things that I love the most is getting out of the school and going to our kids' homes, getting to spend time with them, getting to go and see a little bit about what life is like. This little girl here is called Mersite. And I spent a whole day up at Mersite's house with her and her mom and her sister. And, and as Mersite showed me around her house, she talked about a few things that they have. She talked about some things that they don't have. And she talked about the ways, the practical ways that we've been able to show God's love in action. And so as I'm walking around Mersite's house, I have this idea. I'm like, Mersite, would you like to make a little film? Could we tell your story? Could you tell others what it's like to live in Ethiopia? And she said, yes, I would love to. And so uh, this will give you a little glimpse into Mersite's character and personality. She is a kid that is full of joy. And I'll show you some of the real simple and practical ways that we've been showing God's love to kids in Ethiopia. Salam, Salim, Sayyid, Sayyid, Balal, Adni, Zatanginaw, Minorito, Testa. Minoro, Kanatina, Kahatiganaw, Vitachin, Ulaq, Kalasnich. Wow, Likizam, Matam, Kalila, Wutao, Namatala. ያለ <laughs> In the midst of what is a really difficult place to live, in the midst of the hardship, there is hope. 
because we're able to do little things. We're able to see kids uh, coming to, to know Jesus because of simple actions that, that speak so loudly of the love of God that they get to hear about every single day. We're told in, in 1 John that uh, our love shouldn't just be words and talk. It should be true love, which shows itself in actions. And so it's those simple things of shoes on someone's feet. It's that simple thing of food in a hungry tummy. It's something as simple as a bed to sleep on at night uh, that backs up so much this message of love and grace uh, that these kids hear about every single day. Uh, and for me, whenever I was out uh, in Ethiopia, getting to see our kids in school is, is an incredible thing because every single morning starts the same way. They gather together for assembly. They sing about Jesus. They hear the story of Jesus. And in and amongst that crowd, we have kids who are from Christian backgrounds, from Orthodox backgrounds, from Muslim backgrounds, from no faith background whatsoever. And yet every single day they get to hear about the life-changing message of Jesus. Um, when I was out over the summer, as is often the case on mission trips, uh, you'll find that there'll be someone who'll connect with you, perhaps a little bit more than others. If you head off to, to Philadelphia this year, you'll find out. If you go to Malahide, you'll find out. If you go to Romania, you'll find out that you just form these natural little connections. Uh, and for me this summer, it was with this little guy here, a guy called Adana. He had just started our school this year, and every single morning, it was like he just gravitated towards me. He wanted to hold your hand. He wanted to walk with you. He wanted to play with you. He was always big, big smile on his face. And so all week, uh, every single time I've been outside, I've been outside and Adana was with me. We went walking around the market one day. I'm walking through the market and next thing from nowhere, this little hand slips into my hand and starts holding my hand, which is a bit strange, to be honest. If that happened in Belfast, you'd probably run a mile. And I look down and who is it? It's Adana. And so all week, I've got to know this little guy, this brilliant kid, full of joy, full of life. And on the very last day, one of the things that we've been doing all week was building beds for families. And on the very last day, it's one of the best days of the week because the families who are getting a new bed, they come along, perhaps for many their first bed, they come down to the school and we load them up onto horse and cart and we send them off to their houses and we give them this gift. And so on the, the very last day, Adana comes running up to me and he says, Johnny, Johnny we're getting a bed. And he tells me, he says, you need to come and visit my grandmother. And so I come down and walk through a little bit of our school and, and there's this lady and I shake her hand and all the rest. And initially I was sort of led to believe that he was her mother, but I could tell that she was just that little bit uh, too old. And so then when it came to this point with these 40 beds sitting out, and Danny who works with me said, Johnny, would you explain to people why we're doing this? And we have this opportunity to talk about the love and the grace of God and this simple, practical way to show that love in action. And so as we shared about the message of Jesus and we prayed for people and as we finished, then this lady stepped forward, who I thought at the time was Adana's mother. And she said this, she said, I'm not Adana's mother, I'm, I'm his grandmother. She said his mother left him years ago and, and hasn't come back. And then she said this in front of a whole group of people. He said, last year, Adana's dad took his own life. He said, every single day I've worried about what will happen to him when I die. And then she said this. He said, but now I don't need to worry because you care for him like a father and like a mother. I thought, what an incredible picture of the gospel to take God's love and grace and care into the brokenness and to care for people like a father and a mother.
to point them to Jesus, the source of life, to point them to that message of grace and hope and forgiveness. And so I headed up with Adana and we helped move this little bed into this tiny little house and sat down on the, the bed with him. The house was no more than probably two meters by two meters and sat with his grandmother and sat with Adana and well, we chatted a little bit. And because he just started the school, there was no one supporting him, no one standing with him, but we still uh, care for him. And I said, look, I want to tell you today that, that we'll support him, that we'll sponsor him. I want to bring him into our family and look after him in that way. And his little face lit up. And this year, I'll be back out in Ethiopia again to go and see Adana. And for me, my hope is that as he grows up, as he experiences God's love, as he hears this incredible message of Jesus, that his life will be transformed, that the brokenness will be made beautiful, because that's what Jesus does. For you guys in, in CE, uh, some of you will recognize this guy, Ovidu, and he's from Romania. And for you guys, Joy has been organizing it. You've been looking after and caring for and standing by and sponsoring and supporting him so that he can go to the Denise Daycare Center so that he can receive the love and care and support that he needs so that he can hear about the life transforming message of Jesus. And so what does all of this mean for us? Well, we are raised to life. As we step out of this place, if we love Jesus, if we follow him, then the call on each and every single one of our lives is to take this message to the neighborhoods and to the nations to take this message wherever our feet find us. And I remember having become a Christian at like the age of 17, thinking, oh, school is not the place to do that. This is just too hard. This is just too difficult. But here's the thing. We don't do this on our own. As God calls us to life, he gives us his spirit. This is what Paul says in Romans 8. If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The life that God calls us to live is not a life that we're ever to try and do on our own. And what Paul is saying here is that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that God places in us. So whenever Jesus was nailed to the cross and all of our pain was placed on him, when all of our anger was placed on him, when all of our bitterness, our rage, our greed, our jealousy, when all of that, when all of the weight of sin in the world was placed upon him, it could not hold him down. It couldn't. He overcame it. And the same spirit that brought Jesus back to life, that is the spirit that lives in us. What more power do we need? As we step out, we step out with this incredible message. But it's not about how well we can say it. It's just about how often we say it. We go and we take this message to our friends, to our families, to the neighborhoods, to the nations. And in that, God's spirit is at work in us. His spirit is calling people to life. Father, we realize that when Jesus died, that he paid far too high a price for us to just exist, for us to just survive. But that when Jesus died and 
rose again, that he did it so that we could find life and life to the full. That we could step into your great story. That we could find purpose and meaning in taking that message of hope to the world. And so God, tonight, if there's those of us who haven't experienced that sense of being raised to life, of experiencing the joy that it is to know Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord, God, I pray that we wouldn't leave this place without rekindling or finding that connection with the Creator, without coming to you in repentance and saying, God, I want to live my life for you. And God, for those of us who know you, for those of us who love you, for those of us who want to live our lives for you, God, would you fill us with the courage and the strength and the determination and the wisdom that we need. God, would you give us a vision for the people that we see around us in our everyday lives, the people that we see around the world, God, that you would open our eyes to see how you're at work. God, that we would open our minds to tell the great story of Jesus. And God, as we find the courage and the confidence in you to do that, we pray that your spirit would be at work, transforming and rewriting the story of our friends, of our families, of kids around the world, of adults around the world. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, do you want to stand and we're going to sing again? <laughs>